You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 254th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. Spencer, it is a wonderful day. Is it? Tell me more. Well, this is Tim in Orlando, and I would be happy to report that TJ Van Garderen is back, baby. (laughs) That is interesting. Interesting and exciting news. This is Spencer in Boston, and... I got to tell you, Tim, I, uh, that is one that uh, kind of came out of left field for me. I did not expect this. I know that there is, judging by the amount of tweets and text messages that I received about TJ Van Garderen's podium at the Dauphiné uh-huh. um, and the next great American hope in cycling, I think that there's a lot of people expecting us to put this at the top of the show this week. Yeah. Well, here's the burning question is, uh, do you think he could be the next Lance? Oh, that is such a good question. Um, I, judging by John Vodder's, uh, Twitter account, we do definitely need a couple more documentaries. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend. I, I mean, we already nailed the dirty Kansas documentary that Rafa <laughs> released this week. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Pretty much shot for shot. <laughs> but how would you do the TJ Van Garter and documentary? I mean, uh, well, this has be to be like, um, this isn't Rocky one. You know what I mean? Like this is, oh, no. this has been beaten down kind of past the prime, but like comes back for that one, one last fight. Well, this I is, think it's, is that Rocky four or is that Rocky three? I don't know. I, I get the Rockies mixed up. I don't think we can really use Rockies because the truth is that TJ Van Garderen was already at the pinnacle, right? He was already at the peak, like as the next Lance. So uh-huh. I think it's, it's more about him reaching rock bottom with BMC and then TJ, then John Vodders comes in as like the Jesus figure and raises him back up and is like, I'll take you under my wing here at education first. Okay. And then they, they start feeding them the granola, maybe some special wines from the cellar of mm-hmm. Vodders. And, and then all of a sudden TJ Van Garder and like shakes away, like his reputation as just a whiner. And he's like, Oh, I'm not going to be on Twitter anymore. It's just clouds my judgment too much. And right. then all of a sudden here he is. How back. awesome is it? And he's back, baby. I, I love it. I I uh I'll have to workshop that a little bit, but I'm liking the I'm liking what you're putting on the t- I'm gonna pick up this script. Like I'm gonna send this up the you're ladder. You're gonna take the option I mean? on it? Yeah. Like okay. this this one's a, a keeper. Most of the scripts end up in the trash barrel uh next to the desk here. But um yeah. this one, you know, I'm thinking George Clooney. Well, let me just say this. I was looking at the uh, the old trusty Tour de France guide that I got at the, uh, you know, because now, now you can go to the Barnes & Noble and like the cycling magazine section. If you still go to a Barnes & Noble, every single one is the Tour de France guide because it's like oh, the, yeah. only mag- the only time of year they sell the magazine on the newsstand. Right. I see them at the airports. I don't see so many cobbles this year. That is Stage true. one's in Belgium. Then that there's a team true. time trial. And you're like, Wow. There's not going to be much for TJ Van Garderen to complain about. <laughs> Think all suddenly, Rigoberto Uran should be looking behind him, looking over that shoulder <laughs> a little bit on who the true leader of education first is. Uh huh. 
That, well, you know, after his showing it to a California, I mean, I knew he was maybe hinting at some good form there. And uh, I, I got to say, I was a little surprised by this strong showing at the Dauphiné, but I think the, the, the biggest test, uh, the biggest thing that he can do to really solidify himself as uh as a leader is always be with the group the group the leaders group with well sure yeah i mean that that's one way to do it but i'm thinking a little let's back it up let's wide angle this like let's let's zoom out a little bit now i'm thinking like prison yard scenario right like tj is getting walked into the yard he's he's the new the new uh the fresh blood right what's he got to do He's got to walk in and take out the biggest guy. Oh, yeah. First thing. So if he needs to build up the hype, if he needs to show people that he's real, now is the time for him to take up the Slow Ride Podcast Challenge and arm wrestle little guy Matt Allen. Finally. We've been asking him for years, and he's been ignoring. He's been avoiding the, uh, the question. Yeah, and JBV on Twitter said that like yeah and he'd probably show up doing it um in the bucket hat he probably would maybe we could touch to mitch docker about this because mitch mitch may be our connection here to actually make the arm wrestling happen yeah i mean we we tried we were at uh uh, worlds in richmond virginia 2015 we did a live show there little guy was there in attendance we put tj van garderen on the guest list he didn't even have to pay to get in he was the only name on the guest list did not show up so I'm all okay. I'm just going to put this out there. Okay. Spencer. I'm kind of all in on a TJ Van Garden run at the tour de France. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Let me tell you why. I, I, I am all ears. Let me tell you why. Because I feel absolutely horrible that Chris Froome isn't going to be there because I was looking forward to the Chris Froome versus uh, G Thomas oh, in fighting. Sure. Yeah. That was going to like, I'm really bummed for Chris Froome. We'll get to that in a moment. Chris Froome's not going to be there in the, at the tour because of the crash. I was looking forward to the infighting of team Enios, mm-hmm. mostly to just take place on the covers of the tabloids in London, because I was hoping for some really good, just like Twitter beefs between the wags Oh, and yeah. like the, the, the different family members on who the true leader is and who's the real disciple of the plastics God. And, you know, all of like this setup. And now Froome's gone. So I need to turn my attention elsewhere for what would be awesome. TJ Van Garderen's got a little bit of that Cadell Evans in him. Remember when Cadell Evans, like the guy touched him on the shoulder? Yeah. And then Cadell is like, don't ever touch me again. Yeah. I kind of liked that. It's a little fiery. He's a firecracker. We need that. Yeah. TJ may be the guy to bring back a little sauciness all right i think i think that might have some legs yeah it's it's a little out of uh out of the box thinking here but um it's not out of the realm of possibility okay fate is in tj's hands right now so the dauphine i normally don't watch like we we buried the dauphine last time we were on right yeah and i so the froom crash happened that's clearly like the number one story out there. And yeah. I got an email or text message from good friend of the pod, um, Graham Partain, who we're going to hear from later with an email. But Graham was like freaking out. He's like, yeah, man, that's like a major like injury, the broken femur. And he started going in. And yeah. I was like, and then he started like making sense. Like this is, this is career defining injury. 
yeah what no it saying. is and and that happened the day after uh we recorded last week so we are about as late as we could possibly be yeah. uh to getting to this story but ugh, man what a what a terrible incident like just everything about it sounds just not was, was it wout poles that saw the crash that's like yeah in the media saying it was like the most horrible thing he's ever seen yeah um so good luck to Chris on getting back. Um, I hope this isn't mean the career is done because we did, we were big fans of, of Froome when he decided to go for like the Giro of Walta. Cause he actually made it exciting. Like we used to say he was just a robot, but he was a robot that like, yeah, always learned new things like, Oh, I'm going to learn how to descend and attack yeah. on a descent. Yeah. And you're like, wow. Okay. He's always updating the AI. You know? Yeah. I mean, Spencer, how much of the Dauphiné did you watch? Not much. Okay. Almost none. Um, Did you watch Wout Van Art slay it? <laughs> uh, I watched his uh, interviews um, after he slayed it. <laughs> okay. But two, two stage wins, a time yeah. trial, and then a sprint finish. The sprint finish was awesome. He I, totally I surfed the wheels, Robbie McEwen style. Yeah. And it was wonderful. I did see that one. Yeah. This, that was that was. That was very good. This is all within four days of his awesome announcement that he was coming to the tour. Yeah. So Spencer, Wout Van Aert, will he win a stage of the Tour de France? And will you be putting internet points and your internet reputation on it over at <laughs> rollerderby.com? Uh, I think both of those things are true. I think he will win a stage, and I think I will put some points on him doing so uh, should I be given the chance. Um Two weeks ago, I don't know if I'd have been so confident, but seeing him win that stage at the Dauphiné, all of a sudden it's possible. All of a sudden all bets are off, you know, like I still don't think he's going to uh, do time trial at, at the tour, like, you know, and <laughs> win or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> no, but, but winning a sprint stage, winning out of a, a, a group breakaway, a 10, 12, 20 person you know, break that's totally within his wheelhouse. And, uh, I would not be surprised even a little bit. So there is a stage, I think it's like stage five that has this crazy, like 12% climb at the end. Okay. That's totally built for him. Like it's one of those Alejandro Valverde stages. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe it's not five, but there's one of these stages with like a little ramp. That's like 12%, 500 meters. Yeah. And it's going to be just perfect for him. Right up his alley. Yeah. Yeah. No, that so. sounds good. Um, yeah. The the main, I don't generally watch the Dauphiné um, because I'm I'm coming off my Giro high. I need to rebuild and regenerate uh, coming into the tour for watching every day. It's much like a, a much like the stage racers themselves. I need to, you know, back off and just let that form build again. Yeah. But what I like to do with the Dauphiné is look at the results at the end because those gc guys that are not on the podium i've always said fifth through 12th that is the danger zone those guys are going to be peaking for the <laughs> I like, tour i just want to say i like how you selected to start with fifth just because it's pino <laughs> well you know and then you got dan martin you got bardet quintana and uh, oh who's this in 11th place richie port He's, yeah uh, danger richie man Port's, richie heard Port's, it here uh, first totally pulling out the knife to uh to say hey watch out balke malima watch out yeah. nabali 
I'm still the king of the Trek castle. No, it's true. Oh, oh man. Little guy's not even here to defend the, the sadness that must have taken over his life for a week. J.J. Kobo, 2011 Vuelta winner, getting jettisoned from the podium. Um, so Chris Froome now has won another Grand Tour, and Bauke Malima first um, podium yep. at a Grand yep. Tour. And we, we, we got lit up on Twitter on that one. That was just the first of many times we got at replied. Well, that was another great timing thing with us uh, mentioning Malema for being... Um, the most anonymous of anonymous yeah the new, and then he the new moves Heimars up onto, yeah he moves up onto the podium and everybody asks us like oh look at what happened i guarantee you not one of those people knew that he had been fourth place yeah in the volta before that day yeah so i think you're proving our point yeah so that was a uh, that was pretty cool so Good job for Molima's first podium. Congrats for Froome for winning another Vuelta. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully you can find a little bit of solace in winning another Grand Tour while you're recovering from your injury. Uh, I'm, I'm acting like he's actually listening to this drivel. Um, anyways, but Spencer, one of the highlights for me okay. was watching Wout. And I love the NBC Gold coverage with Anthony McCrossan or whatever, the, uh, the, the announcer. Right. I got hit up the, on Friday with a uh, text message from a friend, uh, Chuck uh, from Virginia, one of the friends of the pod. Okay. And he's like, Hey man, they just gave you another shout out on the Twitter, on the, uh, normally I'm like presenting tweets like, Hey, can we just talk about Wout for the rest of the day? (laughs) And then all of this stuff. And every now and then he replies, but then out of nowhere, we got this. Thanks for all your messages. Thanks to, slow ride for your message overnight that we should just talk about wow van art today and you know like he, he sounded a little disappointed when he realized who the tweet was from i don't know if you picked up on that like there's just like a little tone change where he's just, just like subtle, yeah, oh thanks for all your subtle. messages we got a tweet here from oh god these guys again talking about wout but oh man did they look good wout matthew vanderpool taking over the cross world uh, or taking over the road world from cross and mountain biking. Um, it's true. so much. It's true. Um, the, do we want to get into speaking about the Froom crash? Do we need yes. to get into the Twitterati? Oh yes. Yeah. Scenario that's been going on around this because it's getting buck wild out there. I mean, Twitter can be a little bit of the wild west. Um, I have done a good job of insulating myself from crazy people and like muted enough of the, uh, way out of left field accounts, uh, that, that are cycling fans. Uh, but quite a few things made it across my, uh, my feed that are a little tinfoil hat. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about this. So net, what we're talking about is the Chris Froome crash not happening on television it was in a recon mm-hmm. so immediately the twitterati puts on the tinfoil hats to come up with a variety of theories everything from it's a full-scale masonic uh um cover ploy um, yeah. conspiracy because he had to move up the masonic ladder because he had and to move up the masonic to be able ladder. to do that you have to fake something major and so he's faking a crash yeah to <laughs> Oh, he wanted to avoid testing. 
this was the only way that he could avoid testing. This is my favorite too. Is that somehow on a on a on a recon ride on a training ride he had a radio in his ear and somebody was like, "Oh no, anti-doping's at the hotel." And he just flung himself over the guardrail. <laughs> like like there was no better option. Let- yeah, so where where do you fall on this? Like cuz one of the tweets that I saw was them using the photo of him in the hospital and like, "Oh, he's not even banged up." And you're right. like, well, yeah, because he went straight into a wall. Like, it's like sometimes when you go straight into a wall, it's not like you're, you're like you're going to stop instantly. You're not going to like slide down the side of a mountain and get all types of road rash. Um, well, my favorite was maybe uh, the one that accused it of being fake because apparently there was an ambulance nearby at the bottom of the hill mountain. Yeah. Um, but instead of using the ambulance, he was airlifted away to the hotel. And that is definitive proof that is definitely faked. Wow. <laughs> um, also, the uh, the photo of him in a stretcher. Yeah. Uh, I guess the stretcher brand is, is Ferno F2. And they said, oh, F squared is FFF. And F is the sixth letter of the alphabet. And that equals 666. Definitely a Masonic thing. <laughs> 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 it's so stupid. Stupid. It's it's unbelievable. And these are like these these aren't like wingnuts coming out of nowhere. These are like cycling fans that are like so hell bent, like so anti doping, I guess, that they're they're willing to believe that that there's a cycling Illuminati Masonic sect that is out there throwing themselves into rock walls at 50 miles an hour to to like move up the masonic ladder it's buck wild it's pretty amazing because like we used to always hear stories about how like in america like when people would hear that usada was showing up to test people would like fake the flat tires they wouldn't finish they wouldn't show up on the results to then get pulled or like they'd crash and then they could leave the course right Right. So that's like where this is like kind of based, but yeah. I mean, are we surprised that the flat earthers are also cycling fans? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I guess not. I mean, yeah, I know we're they, already, they, a little maybe weird. that's why they, they hate the climbers so much too is because of flat earthers, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. Does that make any sense? Yeah. No, no so, it makes a lot of sense because you know, since the, uh, yeah, climbers. Yeah, here's, a, I guess it here's, a, here's another theory uh, that, that was on the Twitters um, is that uh, why, why it was a, a ruse, why this was a ploy, why this was set up. Uh, this crash was perpetrated against the cycling fandom and against WADA or whatever is because allegedly Chris Froome signaled to his teammate, Poles, in the descent that he was going to blow his nose. Yeah. And that nobody would ever do that on a descent. Like, you wouldn't let your teammate know, hey, I'm about to blow snot rockets, get out of the way. And that when he had his hand off the bar to do that is when the wind caught his deep dish front wheel and he he went crashing. Tim, (laughs) if you were on a ride and you were going to blow a snot rocket, would you or would you not let the folks behind you on the group ride know? I, I always let them know I'm about to just like... Yeah, just yes. I always let them know that that there's a possibility of slimage coming backwards. Because <laughs> right, especially it's here because it's so courtesy. sweaty and it's hot, a thing and to it's do. just miserable. Like yeah, but I will say this: I am always impressed by the bike handling skills of professional cyclists. 
that tend to do things that you're like, wait, what did they do? Like, remember right. how you heard about like Alejandro Pataki caused that crash because he was taking his booties off in the middle of the pack yeah. with six kilometers to go before a sprint. And you're like, wait, what? Like what? Why are you taking off your booties in the middle of the sprint with just six right. K to go? Like what's the, <laughs> right. And even if you, you know, can't tighten the, your shoes down, like you could be okay. Right. Some yeah. of the aero tucks that have been happening lately, the pedaling while in the aero tuck going downhill at 60 miles an hour. Like these guys are taking risks and they're, 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 they're pushing the limits. And I'm not surprised that they would just take a hand off the bars to do, you know, something as simple as that or grab a gel out of their pocket. You take your hands off the bars all the time. Yeah. Like that is not a weird thing. It's not anything to base your conspiracy theory on. You guys need to find better hobbies. I no, I, no, 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 no. We need more of this, Spencer. <sighs> like this, is, you can turn off from Twitter, but man, is it really awesome to like kind of like because if it can go viral, just enough people look at it and they're like, "Well, it's not about doping." I mean, it is the Freemasons. I mean, <laughs> they do I mean, run the world. Yeah, but it is sort of about doping. Yeah. Anyway, right. I, I, I dislike cheating in our sport as much as anybody but like come on all right let's um i want to get into something else before we get into the prem lap okay what do you got a little bit of a curveball away from professional cycling but as you know one of my favorite magazines that i read fairly regularly is american sorry adventure cyclists okay which is like the bike touring magazine from uh you know, the Adventure Cycling Association out of Missoula, Montana. So they do a lot of right, like... Right, right, right. You've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, so people could submit their own stories about different tours that they're doing, whatever. This is like why I want to go do the um, the ride down uh, down the parkway, you know, in Mississippi that, that you don't want to go. So I'm not even uh-huh. going to like yeah. bring it up. But anyways, in that magazine, they had a little note on like their advocacy corner. Like, right, they give little like updates on what's happening. And something totally went under the radar that I didn't know about and maybe you did but one of my favorite things being on like kind of a bike advocate and creating better space for cyclists in the united states is that idaho has the idaho stop right where like a stop sign is treated as a yield sign and a red light is treated like a stop sign so if no cars are coming you can go through it and there's been a lot of research done that shows that it's much safer for cyclists to do this because they're they're one with their you know surroundings they're not behind a steel cage and it's better did you know that in like April of 2019, like just two months ago, Arkansas just passed the Idaho stop rule? Like Arkansas? I I believe I, re- I have forgotten about that, but I do believe I saw that uh, when it happened. Um, so, and it's it's starting to spread a little bit. Like, what? But let me just say this. Arkansas. Yeah. I mean, granted, they're going to get the world championships in Fayetteville. They have amazing bike infrastructure that's happening up in Bentonville with all the Walmart money for all the bike trails, the mountain bike trails. Yep. I am completely blown away that Arkansas got this through before Oregon. Yeah. Minnesota. Like Maine. Maine is just crazy enough that they could pull something like this off, right? Like, like they that have enough true. independence. I am shocked that like Minnesota doesn't have this yet, but Arkansas. And it's, I guess to me, it's just, it's interesting how they pulled it together because they did the whole business sense that it actually will create more knowledge yep. of arkansas as a business friendly state therefore or a bike friendly state therefore you want to come there to ride to spend money yeah um rather like in minnesota like you know when they tried passing it it was like the own like people that were like well cyclists better start wearing helmets and not run red lights you know and you're like i don't want it like it's that 
us versus them mentality where Arkansas is yeah. like, it makes no sense for a bike to stop completely at a four way stop sign. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever. Roll. It doesn't. Um, yeah, I know a bunch of states have uh, have this working through the system in various uh, states um, of of approval or um, you know whatever working their way through the system. So I don't know. I don't have the list in front of me of all the states that are that are working on this. But if yours is one of them, uh, that is something to get behind if you can, because man, it's just common sense, and we all do it anyway. <laughs> like let's uh, let's not put the cart before the horse. But yeah, uh, speaking of cart before the horse. I was on my cargo bike the other day and uh, got off cargo bike, go into a restaurant with my son, come back out from restaurant and um, don't even get in like, like we were going from one restaurant to the other, like walking past the, the bike. Uh-huh. And my, my son goes up to the bucket where our helmets are. And right away he's like, daddy helmet, daddy. I like try. Uh-huh. So my ha- my son has now become the helmet police and it kind of made me mad. Oh, no. This is like one of the things I really like Rayola gets, right? Like I'm always going to wear the helmet with him because I want to lead by example. And I understand that, but it's, he's becoming that person that's like now seeing a biker, a cyclist without a helmet. And he's like, helmet. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like, you've, you've created a monster. My offspring is, is the monster anyways. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Well, yeah. Anyway, Spencer, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about after the pre-lap, including a um, review of the Dirty Kansas film we've all discussed in the past. We're going to talk tons of listener emails and lots of other things, including a Hammer Series announcement. This is Abby Mickey from Rally UHC Professional Cycling Team, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. And... We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more. And do us a favor. If you can rate and review or tweet, retweet, tell your friends about the different shows that you're listening to. We have a wide um, you know, wide selection of shows offering a lot. We've got a huge announcement coming up in the next week or so. So Massive. you're not going to want to miss it. Thanks for all of the supporters. Um, if you want to continue to support um, independent cycling media, we appreciate it. Yeah. The best way to do it is is to share it with your friends and to let people know. So, yeah, it, it would be a huge favor to us. We've got a couple of returning sponsors once again. So let's give a quick shout out to longtime sponsor of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Of course, that's Health IQ. Thank you. Go head over to healthiq.com slash WAP to find out how to save some money on your life insurance. You guys are doing a great job of checking out the ways to save some fundage um, and protect your family, your loved ones. It's very simple. You head over there, take a quiz, quiz. You can prove that you're a healthy individual and that you're into cycling, which naturally means that you can save money on your life insurance because you're less of a risk. It's that simple. Yep. Yep. And Health IQ hooks you up with the people that can provide you with what you uh, what you need. Yep. And uh, yeah, they are um, they are advocates for health conscious folks, including cyclists. Um, visit healthiq.com/wap to learn a little bit more and get that free quote that uh, Tim was telling you about. You can also check out their FAQ page and get any questions you have answered. Once again, healthiq.com slash WAP. Spencer, you like world champions? I love them. Can't I love get world enough. champions. I especially like United States world champions on the top of the world when it comes to mountain biking. People like Kate Courtney, 
who is also sponsored by one of our sponsors, whoop.com. And I just wanted to point out that Kate Courtney, world champion, slow ride podcast, world champion in our minds Mm -hmm. and both sponsored by one of the best monitoring tools of your health and basically of your recovery. And that's the whoop device, the whoop, the whoop bracelet more or less. That's going to track everything you need to determine your strain and all of the things that you're doing, including your, how you're recovering in sleep. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Now whoop, uh, the whoop strap 3.0, that's the one that just came out. We're talking about uh, a bunch of new upgrades to the hardware and, and all the stuff uh, there and you connect it with your app and it figures out how much work you're doing, how much training you're doing, how much stress you put in on your body and how you're recovering from that. Because I don't know if you know this, Tim, being like a, a, an amateur athlete, let's say, um, that but going hard on the ride, when you're, when you're going hard on the ride, when you're hitting the gym, when you're doing your Zwift workouts, that's not what's making you stronger as a cyclist. It's after that workout. It's the recovery. It's, yeah. it's how you're doing afterwards where you're rebuilding that muscle that you, uh, you know, tore down during the yes. workout. That's where you make the gains and that's where whoop comes in. So, uh, check it out. Whoop.com W H O O P.com. And, uh, check out the whoop strap 3.0. Use the checkout code uh, SLOWRIDE to save yourself 15% if that's something that uh, works for you. Uh, I think it will. Uh, I think you should check it out because, like you said, Kate Courtney, Stephen Hyde, how many American champions do you need? Jeremy Powers, retired American champion, they're all on the whoop train. And 15% is a banging deal, right? (laughs) It is. Got a pretty good deal here. So check it out. Just go to whoop.com. And at checkout, use the coupon code SLOWRIDE to save 15%. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't want to get in. This is post-Whoop ad now. Now we're in Spencer time. Um, they're no longer paying me for this. But I have uh, I mentioned it before. I have the Apple Watch, and I tried to track my sleep and, and how I was doing. Those apps, man, there is not a free one for tracking that. I cannot do it. Well, I'm it's not going to drain eight. your battery. It's like, like 8 crazy. or $15 for these stupid app that... They're all trash, and I was just really disappointed by it, and I never did it, but it's something I always wanted to do, Yeah, and now I can with the whoop strap. So, and anyway. the battery lasts much longer. Like, let's go to that. Oh, my God. Right? Like, so for like, a week? Yeah, this is on Tim time now. I'm not getting paid <laughs> for this. Let me just say that the, the the drainage of the Apple Watch when you're, like, wearing it at sleep, it's like you got to charge that, like, every six hours. Yeah. No, it's 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 crazy. Anyway. On to our final sponsor of the episode, and this is one that's near and dear to my heart. As you guys know, Shred Science Nutrition. Check them out at shredsciencenutrition.com. What you're going to want to do is uh, head over there, check out their information about their packages uh, that they have, and here's here's the big thing, is what they're going to do is they're going to dial in your nutrition for you. They're going to help you figure out what you need to be inputting into your body so that you can get more out of your training and more out of your recovery. So uh, that's kind of been the theme of the episode. I'm eating uh, my M&Ms right now. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be a problem with the, um, the shred science uh, nutrition program? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's the thing about it is, is I can't tell you that because every program, every person that signs up gets a custom program for them. So what works for me 
is not necessarily going to work for you, and they're going to figure that out for you. Uh, anyway, some of the benefits you're going to get from this, some of the dialed results that you're going to have, more overall energy, more training energy, improved recovery so you can train again, uh, dramatically improved race intensity and performance, uh, improved body composition. I can attest to this one personally. Um, and better power to rate ratio. That's what it is. Chris Froome will tell you, even from his hospital bed, power to weight is what you need. And shred science will help you dial that in. They helped me last summer get shredded so I could win the Schwamigan championship, which I did. Asterix. And, but you did look really good from third place on the podium. But from you the top good. step after disqualifications, I looked incredible. I, I would have, I don't even there. I don't want to know how miserable I would have been on that ride <laughs> if I had not gone through the shred science program. Um, it is intensive. It's a lot of work. Uh, the first couple of weeks, especially it's going to, it's going to feel, they, man, it is a lot of work, but after a couple weeks, you get it dialed in, you start figuring it out. It all starts to click. Holy moly. The, the pounds come off, the energy flies up and you're going to feel great. And I will personally attest to this. Go check it out. Shredscienceandnutrition.com. Awesome. Let's get back to the show. My name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. Hey guys, I just recently took the kids on a Disney cruise. As you know, these events may require some shirtless time in the sun. I had been going uh-huh. sleeveless in the preparation for this event, but nothing could have prepared me or the other cruise participants for the blinding white dad bod. <laughs> I have golden arms and pale white chest and belly. I ended up with some issues with burning on the midsection and what I would mostly, <laughs> what I would call mostly an unattractive look. Trust me, this cruise is not full of fit people. These people could obviously care less about how they look. So I was not uncomfortable because of the total lack of caring. I also noticed some other obvious cycling dads struggling with the same problem. The golden uh-huh. half arm is pretty easy to spot in the future. Should I do some shirtless base tanning or maybe a tanning salon, shirtless cycling, or maybe just leave the shirt on and be a, be the soggy shirt in the pool guy. Maybe I could even spray tan suggestions. Welcome. It is a long summer here in Florida and I will be going back to the beach. Thanks for the show. Graham Partain. All right. I know Graham quite well. Graham was the recipient of the only Swift Cycle jersey that we ever made that was sleeveless because he is Probably. very into the sleeveless tan. Oh, yeah. It has to be. He had to be prepping for this uh, cruise all the way back then. And I remember riding with Adam Meyerson in Boston, and he did the full chippo with like the roll up of the shorts and of the sleeves as well. Oh, yeah. So the, this, is, this is a common problem for cyclists. And Spencer... The question is, mm-hmm. what should someone do to prepare for long periods of needed exposure without a cycling jersey? So I understand the need for this. I understand the purpose. Um, having gone on many rides with, with Adam Meyerson and seeing him do this 
on more than one occasion, full, like he will remove the jersey, drop the bibs, bib straps, and roll up the short legs and like stuff the jersey in the back of the, the bibs. It's <laughs> it's disturbing. Uh, so he so he takes the, the jersey off. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's the most embarrassed I've ever been on a bicycle. Um, and I mean, any of you who have looked at my Palmares, uh, will know that that is a strong feat to achieve, uh, because I've had some embarrassing results. Um, so I don't advocate for that line of thinking. Um, I, I say, keep the sleeves on, keep those lines crisp. You need, you need that. Uh, when you're cycling, you need that. Right. But in a situation like Graham's going through, I mean, I think the only, you got to turn this around. You got to turn it from a negative into a positive, right? Like you got to, you got to find a way. So here's what I'm thinking. You need to reduce the, 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 the gradient change, the violent okay. gradient change, right? Okay. So but, kind of like Ineos Jersey it. Yeah, but you don't have, <laughs> but you don't have. Like you're, you're trying to do your training. You're riding 10 hours a week, 12 hours a week, 15 hours a week. Are you going to cut into your riding time to, to lay out in the backyard and try to even out your tan? No, you don't have time for that. You've got better things to do. The riding comes first, right? This is, this is a good idea. I think I know where you're going. Okay, keep going. I don't think you do because I'm thinking you turn this into a positive. You spin this up into something productive, right? So you're not just laying in the backyard. I'm thinking you've got to reshingle the garage, Oh, it's a project yeah. you've been putting off for years. You know you have, and you know it needs to be done, and you keep looking at it, and you keep thinking, ah, so you're someday. So doing your dad work. You got to do some dad work. Nah, I, you got to put, I was, you got the dad bod, now you got to do the dad work. I like the gradient idea where we put them like, hey, Graham, you know, instead of a jersey, just wear that sportful water bottle vest thing, but that is oh. your jersey. Right. It's got all the pockets, got that kind of mesh, so some sun's yeah. going to go through, so you're going to have a little bit of like that gradient look to your sunburn and tan it's gonna be great sure um I'm, but then your then your garage is the roof is still not done can we get back to myerson a little bit so he takes off his jersey <laughs> uh-huh does i'm assuming he has things in the backs back pockets of his jersey yeah and he folds that behind the bibs folds it up and stuffs it in the in the back of the bibs like yeah. the swa- he must have the, the, the bib straps the still up. so he kept the straps on yeah i guess he did yeah now that i think about it okay that's kind of interesting. So the only other solution that Myerson could do is if he actually had those Rafa cargo bibs. So instead oh, of a yeah. banana on the side yep. for like his gravel experience, that's where he just puts his jersey. It's where Lachlan mm-hmm. Morton's going to put his like Tommy Bahama shirt in the bucket hat. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, that that's probably the solution that uh, Graham's looking for is uh, just to, to wear less kit. But um you know, I talked to his wife the other day and she was saying the garage is looking pretty rough. So <laughs> I, I'm trying to do a favor here, um, you know, for a fan of the pod. Fire and, the uh, lawn guy, Graham. Just get out yeah. there and start mowing the lawn. There you go. You better buy a push mower. Little guy special, we call it. <laughs> the push um, mower. He's out there sharpening the blades right now. This yep. thing doesn't run on oil or gas. This thing runs on American power. Yep, exactly. It's got, it's got. It doesn't have horsepower. It's got gram power. And uh, that's how you're going to get the lawn done this summer. And, uh, you know, if you're if you're looking to get into cross season, just t- trade in that bad boy for a rake. You always got something to do. Hello, Slow Ride Pod. 
I have to say the recent back and forth on Tim's interest in e-cargo bikes compelled me to say that this is a choice you will not regret making. As a recovering Cat 6 commuter with a 25-mile round-trip suburban commute and two little ones, we made the jump and picked up a recent Mueller electric cargo bike. Now, Spencer, I don't know if you've seen one of these, but the recent Mueller, it's kind of like the front loader, but it, I think the, I think the cargo bay is actually a little bit narrower, but it's longer. Okay. And it runs with a 20 inch front wheel and a like 700 C in the back. I could be a little bit wrong in like the actual dimensions, but you can also build out like the, the rain fairing and everything. So your kid is completely okay. out of the elements here. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've got the vision. And they do have a full, sus- um, full suspension can sit up to three in the, uh, children specific box. And, uh, this email comes from Brad Peterson. It says, now to your specific worries. Do not worry about this making you soft. Pedaling a 90-pound bike plus whatever cargo you have is not effort-free no matter the assist level. When the motor yeah. kicks off at 20 miles an hour, it requires full cargo TT mode to get up even another mile or two faster. <laughs> also, check those e-assist KOM ambitions right now because I don't think you'll find an overpass climb long enough for the assist factor going uphill to benefit you. This bike was absolutely an investment towards using it as a, as a cars list and enjoying our lives more. And we'll, you know, that's always great to hear. And that's definitely one of the things I want. A single battery charge can last a good 30 to 40 mile range. So a full day of commuting and evening cruise is no problem, especially nice. going to the farmer's market or wherever you want to go. As always, great listening. P.S. I happen to live and race occasionally in PDX. Don't worry, Brad. We knew where you were living when you told us all about your cargo bike. Yeah, we did. And while I can't speak to the faux TT position Alan saw in the flat circuit races, I did see just last week some super tucks in the local hilly crit at speeds slower than spin out, to which I say, no super tucks while you can still pedal faster. Come on, PDX. Let's keep Obra weird, but also safe. I love it. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, Fred. And then he includes some is, pictures. Pretty sweet, this like, is very rigs. Um, I mean, this this bike with the full fairing mode, and it's like a rear-facing seat, so, like, the kid's looking back at you. Interesting. Um, okay. Well, I'm, like, I'm not familiar with that particular model, but I kind of, you know, I got the gist of, of, uh, of a cargo bike. And what I love about this email, aside from roasting uh, PDX again, which we love, um, is that he's dispelled a few myths that uh, we were we we're not sure about uh, being not being uh, e cargo bike owners ourselves. Um, the and a nice a beautiful a masterful dig at Florida with the overpass uh, comment. <laughs> Just oh, I do like that he kiss. pointed out that he was in uh, Portland. Yeah, PDX yeah. as they say. Well, I mean, he's probably vegan too. Tim and now, Sp- you know what? He's not because he didn't mention it. Yeah, he didn't mention Yeah, he would have mentioned that right away. Tim and Spencer just finished up this week's pod and wasn't expecting little guy's advice. So first off, thanks for the solid advice, little guy. I will heal, heed your pearls of wisdom, even though you're not a Shimano fanboy. Secondly, thank you, little guy, for the compliment of the Klein. It means a lot coming from a person who turned me on to Klein bikes all those many years ago while listening to the podcast. However... Right. Your description of the color was a touch off base because you may not have looked at the pictures I submitted on the official fan experience zone. The color option for the 1998 Quantum Race was Caribbean 
Caribbean linear fade. So the whole bike is purple to teal fade. Oh, so it's my favorite one. Spencer, there, I just want to say that, Derek, you did such a good job of throwing a little bit of shade at the little guy here. This is the guy that got you turned on to Klein bikes, got me turned on to Klein bikes to the next level. And he just called your bike teal in the, the little like uh, segment that he produced for you. And you called him right back on it. I loved every moment of it. And little guy made sure to text me right away saying, I knew someone was going to say that it wasn't teal, that it was Caribbean linear fade. I love it. He's, he's, he's recording this as a favor underneath his car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like 8 PM at night. And, uh, yeah. 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 You got some details wrong, but I, I would have called him out too. You know, I'm not going to miss a chance to call him out yeah. on something. Does little guy have ESP, ESP or some kind of mental telepathy? I'm already rocking the Lycra bib short t-shirt combo with backpack firmly strapped to my back commuting 32 miles daily. I'm yet to sport the fanny pack, but I'm willing to try it if I can fit my work <laughs> shoes, jeans, and boxers into said fanny pack. Maybe I need to tuck my shoes into my bibs like the secret p- banana man from episode 154 <laughs> oh so good so derek Such thank you for the bit. continued support of the uh the network on uh and w- we hope that uh you have more client questions anybody that has any questions or advice hit us up at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com we're also working on uh coming up with a google um phone number so you can give us a call at the network and we'll just play your recordings live on the air and uh It will be a lot of fun. So uh, once again, thanks, Eric, for that. Spencer, now that we are done with this great news and all of the reaching out that we've gotten from our listeners, it's time for you to give us the big update from a new corner I'm calling Hammer Series Corner. (laughs) (laughs) Hammer Series Corner? Ah, it sounds amazing. Um, So breaking news. Breaking news. uh, Hammer Series update. They announced uh, this week that next year, 2020, they are doing two amazing things. One, they're adding women's field or women's race to the event, which is incredible. It's the one uh, big uh, asterisk we had on our fanship of that race and something we discussed with Abby when she was last on the pod, uh, that the format is amazing. It it really caters towards women's style racing, really aggressive, really all out and attacking um, and it's, it would complement that, but they didn't offer it and now they do. So that so, is huge. I am super, super yeah, looking that, forward to this. It's huge news, but if it massive, okay, I need to critique the corner a little bit. I think okay. we think are already the biggest little... fans of the hammer series. We're stoked uh-huh. about this development, but where is the hammer series gone? Right. I feel like it's, it's, it's failed to capture the attention of the cycling fans. What do you, do you, I like, we're not even on the payroll here and I feel like we're the only media company that's out there talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess, um, besides press releases, I guess. Well, hammer series is talking about it. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. Race. Like I'm not Velon, discounting, uh, puts like, out a ton of content about it, which is cool. But, um, there are, they're expanding and they're going places that a lot of UTI races, aren't going yeah. or can't go like you can't take Peru Bay and take it on tour of uh, Midwestern stadiums like the Metrodome, uh, you know, as discussed <laughs> last week. Oh, Florian's idea do, was great, but 
Yeah, you can take the Hammer series and you can plop it down in different locations, yeah. right? Like, I'm that's super stoked. The, beauty the Columbia of it. thing is great. Yeah, and that's the other thing that they announced is that they're launching a, a another Hammer series event in Columbia next year, 2020, and that is going to be ridiculous because those fans just go crazy. So they've got oh, Hong nuts. Kong. Yeah. Columbia. Yep. The... Um, Dumoulin Norway. Cycles Cycling Center in Utrecht, right? Yep. And then they've got Norway. Norway. Yeah. Are any of those going away and being replaced by Columbia? Not to my knowledge. Okay. I'd be curious on that. And then also, again, it's not a not, like Spencer, I'm all in. Like you and I are both all in. I know Little Guy's all in on the Hammer Series. It's only getting better with time and it, it's going to be good. And I do like, I think the argument that you have against the, you know, bringing Paris Roubaix, you know, elsewhere, you can't like that is that cycling culture and to deal with the um, ASO and all of that and how they organize the calendars, obviously just a, a cluster for the UCI. But my major mm-hmm. problem that I have is that this is, you know, is it still like the minor leagues? Is this basically, is Hammer Series going to be now just to replace, you know, U.S. domestic cycling. Like in three years, are we just going to have three or four hammer series here in the U.S., which I'd be all for. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I can think of some great courses that would be awesome for it. So here's the thing. What do we have right now that's not a hammer series? Like, how, why, why, what separates Redlands or Joe Martin Stage Race or Tour Vila from really just being a three-day event in the style of a hammer series, like a points race rather than a uh, so I love traditional points point to point. I still have a little race. bit of problems with like, I think that the point race fundamentally is great. Like I, I no problem. I don't like ending a race series on a team time trial on a Sunday like that. Oh, you, you need to watch the last I, one. I watched the last one like Spencer. It's great, but it's not the racing that I want. Like I want the sprint or the climbs to be on the last day. Like if there was a way to do the, the hammer chase in the beginning. I, it's just not, you don't know how to seed it. If it's the beginning. Anyway, you weren't invited into that. Uh, the hammer series. Corner oh, I'm, here. I'm this firmly is, this planted is my, here on my stool yeah. here in the corner. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that was all the updates I had for the, okay. for the corner is that they have women's racing now. And that that's the best is going to be absolutely amazing. No, it's going to be great. I, I so, don't make it sound like I don't like the Hammer series, Spencer. I don't know why you hate the Hammer series. But here's so the much. question for you. If there's one thing that you could do to make it better, and they've already done a good job, what would it be? Do you have anything that would be an improvement? I mean, add a women's race, and then they did that. Yeah, no. So that's so assuming that yes, yeah, so after that, the actual game day, race day presentation, anything like that? No, I kinda I I'm I mean the production will keep getting better. The the television coverage will keep getting better. I want like they cut to in bike stuff. Like it's great. Like the in bike stuff is awesome. But the, I, I can't get enough. I think to me it's just the it's a little anticlimactic if you're one of the smaller teams that's in the hammer chase and you're far behind. Like it's just well, you don't have to be far behind if you go all out on the hammer climb or the hammer sprint. Well, yeah, if you just bring Betancur to every race, it'd be awesome. You're always going to so, be up there. Yeah, you. You should know better than than most people because you started your racing career on the velodrome. Uh, and you know these crazy races we had there, like the tempo and like the you know, these these races where you score points in different sort of ways or there's escalating points the further into the race you go. So I forgot about you know, the when tempo. you go off the front at the beginning of the race early 
people sort of let you go because you're only getting one point, you know, and there's 10 points later in the race. So they, they really ramp it up then. But you're trying to get enough so, that you can maybe finish on that podium later. So the <laughs> Hammer know? Series like, does take some of what we've seen on the track. Now, there's one of these, uh, the Red Bull Last Stand, which was held in Tulsa at Tulsa Tough. They had the fixed gear crit. And what they did for one of their races, they did like basically a criterium missing out style. So the last person across... The, every yeah. lap they took out so it was like a 30 lap race because they had 28 racers or whatever so the last you know lap sure the, the two final people went um do you do you think the hammer should do something like that like a missing out like maybe that would be kind of cool or maybe a winning out the like my least favorite race of the track because i would always try to go for like second place because i you know didn't have the yeah. um the oomph to get first and then i'd go for second and then i get taken out at the line and then i get like last place Yep. No, that could be interesting. They could definitely, there are so many fun events on the velodrome that exist in this vacuum because most people don't have a velodrome local to them. So they'll never figure it out. They'll never experience that or, and they, and they aren't Olympic events. So you're not going to see them there either. Um, so yeah, they could, they could totally start pulling in these ideas. And I mean, I think that was the inspiration for the, original the layout we have now um you know is the the pursuit obviously and the points races um well i will call my shot this is where we've left the corner for the hammer series corner we're now going into the matthew vanderpool corner and that's just okay. that uh 2022 glasgow scotland when they have all of the world championships and right. i just it just came across my desk that it's actually called matthew vanderpool week um, up there in Glasgow because he's <laughs> going to be the it? world champion in mountain biking on a Sunday. And then he's going to be sitting around going like, what should I do in the middle of the week? And then he's going to sign up for the scratch race on Wednesday on the velodrome, win that. And then he's going to be like, oh, you know what? I should, um, I should do the Madison. Hey, wow. What are you doing? Let's, let's, let's just break down borders and let's just join a team right now. Wout and Matthew yeah. Vanderpool win the Madison. That would be great and be amazing. Um, their jerseys are going to be a little complicated. The whole, I think they could start their own sovereign nation. Yeah, they're just their own country. And yeah. then Sunday comes around, and it's like, oh, it's road racing. I'm, I'm going to just dabble in that. Um, so there you have it. And finally, Spencer, Definitely. before we get yeah. out of here, uh, what, do you got? what is your review of the Dirty Kansas <laughs> film of the Education First Boys? How close were we? I've been waiting all episode for this moment. Um, man, we... Because I watched about 30 seconds. <laughs> if you watch 30 seconds, then you already know that we are definitely right about the intro. <laughs> we had the intro. Which would be a yeah. long panning shot of a gravel road. Uh, I thought it would be a start from the ground and start panning up. It was a drone shot, but it was still gravel. And it wasn't in black zoom and white. Out. I thought it would be black and white. Then some riders. It, it probably should have been, in hindsight, black and white. I think, you know, as a little... Uh, constructive criticism for them o over there at Rafa Films would be maybe maybe start with black and white and then you know start to d colorize it uh, as as it comes more in. But more mouths open too. Yeah, so we nailed that one. Uh, we also nailed um, the the shot uh, the start line shot with uh, bananas in the in the Rafa cargo bibs. Yep, yep. We crushed that one. We we definitely called that. And uh, although. I didn't see any soundtrack uh, information attributed to Taylor Finney. He did 
when they were interviewing him in his uh, in his studio before the race, he did go out of his way to mention, "Oh, here's my recording setup where I make music." So definitely called that. I had no idea that he had that there, but uh, yeah, definitely. I think he's working on that EP, and it's a uh, you know it's got to be coming on any any minute now. It's gonna come out on the alternative calendar. It's gonna be great. Alternative mm-hmm. calendar records. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the film was entertaining. Um, You know, obviously heavily focused on the EF guys, but a lot of great shots of some bucket hats, a lot of great shots of that technical T-shirt in the wild. Those guys were training in that thing, which I thought was pretty funny. Like, Do you think at any time when that technical T-shirt, they wish it had zippers, they could go full Schleck? Mm. See, that's the thing. How do you go full Schleck in a technical T-shirt? It was just a little too baggy for me. Like, if you're going to wear that, wear some baggies, you know? It's true. Yeah, That's going to well, have all the I mean, pockets they, you could possibly want if you could add baggies. Yeah. But. Well, that's a bombshell uh, for another another week. Well, Spencer, I think once again, we absolutely crushed the episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. And before we get out of here, once again, I want to remind everybody, head on over to WideAnglePodium.com. Find out all about the different shows and do your, uh, if you can just. Let people know that you enjoy the uh, slow ride with rate us, review us on Apple podcasts, follow us on um, Spotify. We're all over that. Um, some great shows on the network, consummate athlete, gravel lot, bike shop, CX. We have cyclocross radio. And then also we have the parts bin where Grodio oh. now has three episodes, including gravel power rankings. That one, that one was very good, yeah. but uh, not, I mean, that one had some hot takes. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna divulge the secrets of that one if you haven't listened to it. But not even the episode on in the parts bin this week with the most hard, hot takes because that one was certainly uh, the sports ballers uh, episode that uh, uh, Mr. Bill Shike and, and Mr. Tim Hayes put out that that had I, I listened to the whole thing oh waiting God. for cycling takes and I got none. Well, yeah, there's there's none because we decided that we were going to come out as general sports fans <laughs> because NBA finals, Stanley Cup finals, so much yep. was there. So we had a lot of fun recording that. But if you haven't checked out the parts yeah, it bin, was- it's actually really cool. Scott Diedenbach did a whole like episode about some music and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got a lot more coming on the parts bin. It's yeah. going to be a fun feed to be subscribed to. So check that one out. You never know what's going to pop into your feed uh, uh, from the parts bin. And Tim teased it earlier. We've got a big, big drop coming. And I know you think it's like George Hincapi coming on the pod. It's not that. It, it's it's not that big. It's it's rivaling that big. Yeah. It's almost as big as Hincapi, but you're going to have to wait for that. And uh, we're not going to reveal that quite yet. And before we roll out, give a quick shout out to Beatus. Over in St. Louis, congratulations on winning the Stanley Cup and for blowing up our Twitter feed with a lovely photo of the (laughs) Stanley Cup going through the streets of St. Louis. I was a little disappointed that the city was not burned down in flames and celebrations. That would have been really awesome. But uh, I mean, we've well done, you know, let them have the moment. We've we've we've, you know, we've taken our share of shots at St. Louis and uh, yeah, it's, it's only fair they get a few back. Yeah, great story. Good for them on winning. And with that, we'd like to thank you for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. We'd like to thank our three sponsors this week, and that is Shred Science Nutrition. Head on over to Shred Science Nutrition to find out more and how to live 
a much healthier lifestyle, how to become shredded in your uh, lifestyle because you're going to become a healthy eater. We'd also like to thank whoop.com. Use the checkout code SLOWRIDE to save 15% more on the Whoop um, family of devices, including Whoop 3. And we'd also like to thank healthiq.com slash WAP. Find out how to save money on your life insurance by being a healthy individual that you are. Once again, healthiq.com slash WAP. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. 